0: what's going on everybody out there in podcast land you are listening to the playing on podcast my name is Carl Markowski and thank you for joining me this episode is brought to you by charm city paintball you've heard me say it before head game guru Mike Uh, he has been just pumping out some amazing headbands and head wraps right now he's on a a Gucci kick that he's just amazing amazing stuff man Uh, check him out over on Facebook Uh, charm city paintball as well as instagram right now he has a sick like purple and gold uh with some white uh headband going on right now he uh he just posted it up it's it's so sick i don't even know if it's still available but um he's been making some awesome stuff i wear uh, all of his all of his headgear, and i know a lot of people out there are starting to catch the fever the charm city paintball fever please check him out Give him a shout out. Try his stuff. Let me know what you guys think. And uh, and yeah, I en- I enjoy all the all the uh, the quality headbands that he makes. And uh, you know I I wear them all the time as a headband and as a uh, as a pack band as well. So he does great stuff. Hit him up, Charm City Paintball, Mike. We are also uh, let's see. We are also brought to you by my Patreon. So thank you so much to all my patrons out there who are contributing. And if you would like to become a patron of The Playing On Podcast, head over to patreon.com slash theplayingonpodcast and uh, and donate and help out. And let's continue this thing going. Uh, I'm starting to get back on a run. And... Uh, yeah it's been it's been amazing and i thank everyone out there who has been helping out and to all of my patrons out there who uh who believe in the podcast and enjoy it and who continue to listen and uh and continue to support so thank you everybody out there uh this episode is with ryan brand they are coming off ryan brand from x factor uh they are coming off a hot win over the russian legion from the last event uh in uh, nxl event in philly and uh they've been hitting their stride man you know i i I talk about this whole thing with ryan and you know how they've always just been kind of you know nipping at the heels of everybody and they've always been a solid team and i think really now they're finally kind of hitting just with the roster that they have and the way everybody's been playing and the mindset Uh, you know it's it's only been a matter of time before they've they've come into their own and and won an event and and i wouldn't be surprised if they if they win another uh win another this year so uh it was very cool to sit down and talk to him and i had a great time and uh yeah here it is here is the podcast with ryan brand i like the studio uh, yeah, thank you. It's kind of just a um, base that with jerseys around it <laughs> in a
1: little corner, but cool. it uh, it works. No, it's good. I always hear people like on your podcast talking about the Jersey right behind you. you know, I wonder what Jersey you're talking about. <laughs> I've never watched it on
0: YouTube. Yeah, I need to I need to jump back on there and start posting back on YouTube. I kind of stopped just to I took a break there when uh, when my daughter was born, and um, I just had I had this weird like kind of thing too where. Every time I did a podcast, it kind of just, especially after I retired and everything, it kind of just made me miss the sport and not want to do a podcast. If that makes any sense, I I
1: know exactly. Like when I took my break from playing, um, and then like I had to take like a hard break from paintball, or I knew I'd just get sucked like completely back in, like consumed by it. So I literally like, I mean, I was living with Grayson, and so I saw the guys all the time. When, like, teams would come down to Texas to practice us, like, they'd stay at me and Grace's apartment. But I, like, wouldn't go out to the field. I wouldn't watch, like, the games. Like, I just had to take kind of a hard break from it. So... Yeah. It's so... It's so tough. Yeah. It's...
0: Especially because, you know, I feel like I can still compete and everything. But I know that my time needs to be put elsewhere. But it's, like... I don't know, it, it's so tough too because I enjoy playing like like I saw you at the uh the ICPL mm-hmm. and and that was a blast, but that made me miss it <laughs> even more. <laughs> and then I, I'm playing in the uh the ICC with Infamous and that's gonna you know, just I'm sure make me miss it even even more. So For Sure. It's,
1: Are we live? Uh, not live? That's we're
0: we're we're not live. Well, we're we're recording. We're not. So then I'll just I'll just load these up after I do all the ads and all that stuff. Okay, so. cool cool. You don't have to worry about anybody like commenting as we're going with the podcast. No, or no, I haven't but got to that level yet.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yes, you're you're taking my spot on Infamous, man. You you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll have a blast playing with them. I had so much fun.
0: They said when they picked me up, they said they uh, they needed a little less skill and a little more speed.
1: So, yeah, yeah, just just go.
0: Yeah, so my skill level's is uh, lower than yours, but my speed's higher, so it kind of just <laughs> I fit the I fit the spot, so it know. works out.
1: No, man, it was a blast. <laughs> that was probably the most fun I've had playing in a long time. Like I, I love playing at ICC, but those guys, it was just kind of like less pressure, like just guys having fun, so it was cool. I think
0: no matter who you play with on those, um, I think just the the overall vibe. Because I, I ended up playing with Ground Zero at that event, and. Uh, first time i met all those guys except for will i met him a while ago and harrison fry i knew him mm-hmm. um but other than that just the whole vibe throughout the whole event all the players all the teams it's like it's there's this competitive vibe when you get onto the field and you start playing but it's just instantly gone when you come off and everybody's having fun and you know as long as Nobody's, I mean, the only negative thing I really think was just how long the games lasted because of all the stalemates. And then everybody had to argue after every single game. So every, every, <laughs> every
1: game, especially if your name was Frank. Um, but oh it it God. just, uh, it, oh, man, it was dragging. It was tough, you know, but it's, it's fun. I, I don't know. Like, the good news, is, like, I mean, I, I trust me, I, I enjoy playing in the woods. What I like a bit more about mm-hmm. ICC is that it was, it's separated. You know, you have the woods and you're playing the hyper ball, then you're playing the mounds like for right. us at the ICPL like we played our first two games on the hyperball and just like boom boom and then we were in the woods for the next i mean gosh I don't even know by 6 like like 12 games you know we played in the yeah. woods throughout the tournament and just like i, I by the time it was over I couldn't even remember the hyperball like so yeah. it, it felt like a little and like you're playing and then we played our first two hyperball fields on like field 2 and then the yeah. rest of the way we were field 1 so for the next you know four prelim games and then the semifinals and the finals and those fields, as you know, were a little like, I mean, they're just, they were, you know, you're going to the same bunkers. So it wasn't just a ton of uh, variation there, I guess. And so, right. so I kind of, I like ICC. I like the fields layout more, but I thought ICPL was, it was a well-run tournament. It's fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I, I think I haven't played the ICC yet, uh, but I think that will play more to like my kind of play style rather than. Rather than what the ICPO was where it was a lot of sitting and waiting all the yeah, time. Like yeah. I got so impatient at the I like I had to I'm like, okay, I was looking at everything. I'm like, okay, this is the furthest spot that I can go to and then I just try and get really close to anybody and then I, I just wanted to just run somebody down and be like, I can't I can't do this. I can't just sit for ten minutes and just be shot at or just shoot somebody. Yeah.
1: I just I gotta, I gotta run. <laughs> yeah it was like uh just wait till there's like a minute left and then just pure chaos uh, it's kind of what those woods fields turned out to be oh my god it's cool it's yeah so i think crazy. icc i think they're gonna do the finals at hyperball again i think so it's kind of yeah. it's it's interesting because it's like you i mean the mounds is awesome I don't have you ever played a mounds field no it's, i have not it is a, it's like a, a new form of paintball, man. It's 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 kind of scary, man. The yeah. crazy thing, you can be up like it could be like you know you're up like eight on two, and you're still scared yeah. for your life because you don't know where those other two guys are. They might oh. be the mound on the other side of you, about to <laughs> jump over the top and bug shoot you in the head. So yeah, uh, yeah, the mounds is it's a different beast.
0: I can only imagine it's like paintball with giant walls in between everywhere that are connected. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, uh. it's fun. Um, so did you grow up, like, playing bef- right, right after Woods kind of was starting to fall off? Or did you start a little bit in the woods and then go out? Because I know I started right as 10-man and the woods and everything kind of was, was, was dying off. I was never really a Woods ball player. Was I played hot. in the woods. The first couple times I started playing, I played in the woods. And then as soon as I discovered uh, air ball and all that shit, I was like... Poof. I'm, I'm doing that just because of my, I guess, competitive nature or whatever.
1: Yeah. You know, I started probably the playing rec ball in the late 90s. Um, and so I, I kind really? of hung woods. Yeah. And was doing, um, you know, just your standard like nerdy rec ball thing for, you know, you know, three or four years, you know, getting out there as much as I could save up money, you know, and probably I would say as probably for a couple of years, ago, I was playing maybe, you know, six to 10 times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd you find, and, how'd you find
0: PayPal actually?
1: Uh, so not a birthday party. Uh, <laughs> That's my next question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had a friend, it was an older friend. I, I was, uh, you know, I knew through from kind of neighborhood friend and he, um, was a couple of years older than me. And he had a, uh, a magazine of like a, an old uh, smart parts magazine. So you know, mm-hmm. it literally was a catalog. You know, you had the barrels, <laughs> yeah. the guns, and, and oh, that's all he had. You know, so I'd go through there and, had, you know, looking at the, the old Shocker 4x4s and the Turbo and all this stuff. And I just, I really, you know, I just wanted to play, but I didn't know, I didn't really know anything. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I took it home, you know, wanted to play. My mom, my parents, like they used to be just, you know, super anti-gun or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Now they're just, you know, I think my mom carries everywhere she goes. So it's just kind of funny even in Texas. Work. Even oh yeah, they they they're they, anti-gun. Well, they were, you know, not anymore, right? yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. just you know, and, and maybe that was just a front because she was putting up because I was a kid. But they didn't used to have right. guns until I, I got a little bit older. We moved out to the country when I was, you know, thirteen, and that's kind of when it started for that. But she was like, no, no, no. And then what happened is that just uh, same thing. We moved to the country, so away from my buddy that had the pamphlet magazine. And we, uh, I didn't want to go. You know, I grew up in the suburbs, and we didn't go too far out. We just got, a, a like, a ranch with, like, 20 acres. My parents got into to horses, so just kind of mm-hmm. ride outside the city. And uh, part of it, I was, like, my parents knew. They were, like, dragging me away from all my friends. And so the trade-off was to get a paintball gun. Like, oh, all right, nice. all right. Yeah, so I'll get you a paintball gun if you don't, like, throw a fit. Like like I had <laughs> in the, the yeah. matter, but not to just be a, a little turd about it. So I got a paintball gun. It was it was called a scorpion. It's basically like a spider knockoff, but it was called a scorpion Ooh. at the time. Pretty sweet. And uh, and then my dad and one of his uh, business partners, um, you know, they came out. You know, we had all that woods, and they let me and my brother. Um, They're gonna me and my older brother. They're gonna play us two on two. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I mentioned, we had twenty acres, and so we didn't know anything about paintball. So my dad, you know, I think I got pictures of it still, like, uh, he works in the, in the oil industry. So sometimes he has to go out to rigs. So we had this huge, like oil rig jumpsuits that he stuck in my (laughs) brother in to like protect us from the paint. And he sent us, we went out to our sides of the property and like built our forts and just hid. Uh, so so basically, uh, we played two on two on a field that was probably five times, if not 10 times the size of what we just played on in ICPL. Mm-hmm. Wandered around in the woods, couldn't find each other for like, I don't know, an hour. I think I got heat stroke. <laughs> um, didn't shoot anybody. Uh, eventually it gave up, started heading back to the fort. Me and my, my brother made my dad and his, his business partner were hiding in our fort and shot the shit out of us. <laughs> uh and I think I might have thrown up from heat stroke and it was the best thing that ever happened to me So, you know, yeah. it's just one of those things. I think it's, that's the thing we always joke about with paintball Like it's there's certain people if you just get as many people to play, they're just going to be hooked, you know So mm-hmm. no matter what the experience um, yeah. So yeah, so that was it, you know, that was my first experience playing and then from there I was just begging to play Woods ball um, Any chance I could, you know, go out to a paintball field and I think the closest field at the time for me was like 40 minute drive that's not bad uh yeah not too bad um but then um i was driving home from football practice in like i think eighth or ninth grade and um uh, there was a sign you know it was called four paintball just a sign up there so i was like oh holy, holy crap they're they're building a paintball field right here um and my mom drove me down the dirt road and got there and uh, it was a, a woman and a man that had a they just bought. a piece of property and thought a paintball field was a great idea. Had no, no bunkers, nothing, just a plot of land. And uh, I kinda, that's kinda where I grew up, is helping them kinda get that field put together. Um, You know, we built some bunkers, you know, some other people that knew about paintball started, older people were kinda lurking around. And we built up, uh, you know, some paintball fields and what really kinda got me into it is the Garcia brothers. I don't remember Gerald and Rich Garcia.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The guys who were like, they're both like five foot one.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Filipino assassins. They, uh, (laughs) yeah, they had, they hadn't gone pro yet. Um, but they were kind of up there in the ranks and they, um, they, they started playing out there um, at our fields and they kind of got it in their heads that, um, they wanted to, you know, groom a a kid's team, uh, Mm -hmm. right around the time they were going pro. Um, and so, i started playing some some local tournaments and they were kind of my they hadn't started a team yet they were just kind of like my mentors if you will mm-hmm. um and um just and so at that point paintball was kind of in the hyperball stage of things and airball with connected tubes did you ever play those so N-
0: no no yeah, that was still magazines for me yeah. Seems, have you seen it yeah. though
1: what it looked like oh yeah, yeah so yeah all the bunkers <laughs> and just tubes so you had basically one compressor blown up controlling the old fan tripping hazards was, everywhere tripping yeah. hazards everywhere and so that's kind of you know my starting point in and tournament paintball was kind of just outside of the woods area I never played a tournament in the woods until i was older just uh, so hyperball tournaments and uh you know the probably the infant you know infant state of of airball <laughs> yeah so and then Crazy. i think yeah so yeah i guess my first national tournament was uh chicago 2003 10 man so I was playing with a team called Texas Havoc back then. And so we the novice division.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think mine mine was around two thousand mine was late late two thousand two or two thousand three with Tippman Effect is when I when I my first event I started. But I I only started I think in the middle of two thousand two. So you like were yeah. way ahead of me. Yeah, I, and I was I, messing in you know, the woods while you were you were on the football. Team. Yeah, I was still <laughs> old, picking my nose, not knowing what the hell I want to do. But uh but I, I wanted to bring it, you know, bring something up because you had mentioned, you know, when you first started and you were kind of walking around the field with your with your older brother, right? And, and yeah. you were playing against your dad and his business partner, and you eventually got shot to shit, and they shot you guys and everything. And there's such a big argument of how to get kids and everybody from the rec ball side over to the tournament side. And there's there's so many. The argument is is that uh, the rec ball players see the tournament players shooting fast you know people getting shot a bunch and it turns people off but my whole I think my whole philosophy is that regardless of who you are if you have a competitive spirit and you love the sport I think the the week will not go like I don't think there's any, anybody who's at the top right now I don't think they don't have a story of I, I got shot too much and I quit you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think no matter what, I think the the kind of the survival of the fittest will happen. The most competitive will prevail, and the ones who truly want to make it at the top will kind of get over that hump in the beginning of people coming over. You know what I mean? If if you if you quit in the beginning, I, I think I don't think the sport is for you anyway. I don't think that I don't think it makes kind of a bruise on the sport. I just I just think you know nobody starts off you know, baseball with a fast pitch, they put it on a tee for people. And if you can't hit a fastball in, I've made this analogy before, you know, if you can't hit a fastball, then you're probably going to go play another sport or do something else. But I mean, I, I I don't understand, you know, people saying, well, we gotta, we gotta make it more friendly and we gotta stop overshooting people. Like obviously people need to not be assholes and, but you can, you can have assholes in hockey. You can have assholes in baseball. You can have football, whatever, but it's the ones that just overcome that will, you know, that'll prevail, and I, I think it's just kind of a bullshit of ex- excuse of why people maybe aren't making the transition as quick over to, over to the tournament side of paintball.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I can agree that there's, um, you know, as far as moving up the ranks and just people that are gonna play, you know, you know avidly that there's it takes a certain type of person that a competitive right. spirit that it, maybe it's not a you know someone that's gonna you know you know whence at pain and not want to do something i'm sure there's a ton right. of kids that go out there to try out for football and they get hit the first time and they realize that that's not maybe the sport well, for that. them <laughs> um but I, I think maybe you know part of it is it's not necessarily maybe just finding a better way to to build a bridge as far as um like for me the first tournament i played was a beginner tournament and it was against other teams that were just awful you know out there playing right. their first tournament and, you know, we went out there and we were awful and they were awful and we had, you know, a competitive time. And then, you know, we moved to Texas used to have a really strong rookie division, novice division, amateur division with tons of teams in each. Um, and that rookie division was, you know, it was it was a rookie division. I don't mm-hmm. and, and I, I don't know I want to go too far into, into sandbagging or anything like that. But I, I look at some of the tournaments now and I go to, you know, AXBL is huge. They do a great job. but The lowest division. Uh, in the AXBL, like I watch it, um, there's you cannot go out there for your your first tournament and not just get completely annihilated. You know, like right. there's there's not, and if you're just out there starting a sport and you you're not even getting the chance to play, you know, it's, it literally I, I you could take a team against the worst team, the lowest division in the AXBL, and you take a, guys playing their first tournament, they're gonna not win a point. They're probably not even gonna shoot a body. Yeah. So I, I that if I could say something that I think we need a better job of, of kind of curating it, or, you know, just like handling these new players that want to play tournament paintball and put them in a situation where they can have, you know, incremental success. And right now I think right. that's missing a little bit. Um, and, yes, you know, the, the cream is going to rise to the top. Uh, but I think we need, you know, some type of starting point where people are just going to get their heads kicked in. Right. Um, and so that's, that's the one thing I think that we need to work on a little bit. Yeah. Right,
0: I, I agree 100% with you, and I think I think it, there, there's partly, um, you know, because the, the new teams and the new players are so naive coming into, you know, I don't expect them to know everything about a tournament coming in. Um, I'm sure it would help uh, new players and everything out there to kind of do your research before you enter into an event and everything like that, but I, I think there's a tremendous problem of teams sandbagging uh, just because they know they can win, and I, I think this is, uh, this is popular everywhere of where you have these, uh, these guys who play every single weekend who are considered D4 because they play one, maybe one NXL event a year, but then all the other events they play locally. So it's kind of like the fields team where mm-hmm. they go there and they just play all the time. And then you have those guys winning the event. And then I've I've heard so many stories of, of players who who are from like a different state or something like that. And they come in and they're competitive and they play well and they get to like, let's say finals against this team who is the field's team. And all of a sudden there's a shit call from a ref or something like that because they want the money. I'm not I'm not trying to say that the fields and the teams kind of, you know, are, going at each other saying, yeah. well, let's, let's keep the money in the circulation and, and, you know, kind of just do a, that whole thing. But I've heard plenty of stories of where there's shit calls uh, and the team, the field team wins. And, and a, so I, I think there's definitely a problem, uh, but I think that's going to come down to like the fields kind of recognizing what teams, but what, what do you do? Do you do you deny a team that wants to come in and play at a certain rank and say, no, you can't play. Like, it's tough to kind of have some kind of regulation on that at the local level i guess
1: yeah it's kind of a word you know it's like for us like you know i feel like my generation and at least you know locally like it was all about climbing the ricks it was all about like Mm -hmm. you could win a rookie tournament but you're still a dork you know like if you're (laughs) last place in amateur is better than first place in rookie just that's how it was um now i i And a part of it is the system to prevent sandbagging. And that's why I think it's a double-edged sword is if you go up and test the waters higher, you'll get stuck. And then you mm-hmm. could basically, you know, start hating paintball cause you're, you'll never be able to compete at that level. Right. Um, you know, right. before there was no system, like it, it, definitely, you could go like, try to, you know, you know, go up there and play up and see how you could hang. And then you could bump back down cause there's nothing preventing you from, from doing anything like that. Right. Um, and now it's just like, I feel like teams are scared, you know, to, you know, or, you know, organizations to move up too quickly. And so trying to like hold down to their points. Like we have a, mm-hmm. a team that, a, a well-known team in Texas that it's a, it's an organization that they do a good job. They, they do well nationally, but they are, do every little thing to try to, you know, keep their points low. So they'll roster new players every event. They'll do all these things and make sure that they're not, you know, ranking up too fast. And to me, I'm just like, gosh, it's it's about moving up. You know, it's about getting better. <laughs> that's the whole point. You know, it's like, exactly. So yeah. just, I just I roll my eyes at it. And go, uh, it's gotta.
0: It's yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, yeah. that's 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 what sucks. So <laughs> when did um, when did Alex Martinez and the whole uh, X Factor thing come about?
1: Yeah. So I guess. So yeah, so I was playing on that, that team, uh, Texas Havoc, and you know we were a good national novice team. I went to the finals with them the first two events, first two national ten men's I played went to the finals in both of them um, and lost to the, the Mamas boys and justice. i remember mom them yeah so it was, it was yeah. you know i was kind of thrown to the fire right away and justice yeah yeah and then um that's when the garcia brothers you know they started their team it's kind of embarrassing we were called b slap factory team um i think i remember yeah yeah so it's, it's kind, of, kind of embarrassing me and grayson were on that team um and we went to world cup was our first tournament um and uh, we were playing uh, Division Three X ball. It was the first time they had a Division Three. Um, we went as like a team of all kids, pretty much, and uh, mm-hmm. we went to the finals. So I went to the finals my first three national events. So I, I thought this was easy. Oh wow! And then I had a drop for <laughs> a while. Uh, yeah. And uh, we played Impact. Essentially, they were called Pag Factory, but it was uh, Zach, Zane, Bart, uh, JC. It was it was it was Impact versus us, and they beat yeah. us. They beat us on Friday at the event. And I don't know if you remember. It used to be double elimination in X ball. Mm-hmm. and it was you know long 20 minute half games and so once you got beat once you went to the losers bracket so we lost to, to the impact guys on friday and we had to fight through the losers bracket like 10 games of 20 minute halves so much paintball back then to get back to the finals to lose to yeah. them again uh, <laughs> and it was and actually bart was playing back then so Bart was actually mm-hmm. on the team and um but it's just like the amount of paint we most have shot is just i i can't even fathom it right now yeah. Um, so we did that. We lost the impact. Um, uh, we got a – I think Gerald Garcia went to the Philly Americans in the offseason there from Oakland Assassins. And then they, they turned the team to the Smart Parts factory team as kind of the divisional feeder team for Smart Parts. So once Gerald did that. And uh, I did that for a couple years. And for me, the goal was always to go pro. It was just kind of – right. I, mean, I think that was a lot of people's – and it's probably still is. You know, just it, the whole – Divisional thing, you know, is you know, I was just there trying to to make it pro, and um, it was tough in Texas, we didn't have any pro teams at the time, so the closest we had was the Garcia brothers were playing pro, and a couple other guys had done it here and there. Um, there was no Texas Storm, no, well, Storm was uh, they might have entered pro once and back in like the 15 man, 10 man era, but they weren't really a, a pro team, and uh, they were playing Division 1 at the time. Uh, so okay. they were playing D1 X-Ball, um, not in the NXL. So that's kind of was separated, right? And so mm-hmm. there so, were still good teams down there in D1. Uh, um, and so that was the whole thing. And um, so I was kind of uh, – Gerald really had me under his wing um, and so and Grayson as well. So uh, we were kind of going up to – we went up to Pittsburgh a couple of times. Like we were – basically the pathway was to try to get on Philly Americans. So – We'd go up there, me and Grayson would practice with them, and uh, we'd stay in the house, so it was like, a, you know, Tim Montressor, Eric Dierman, all of them, they lived mm. in a house there in Latrobe, and we'd go practice with the team, and so we'd stay with them. Uh, we went up to practiced Infamous once, and so me and Grayson were practicing with Philly, first Infamous, and that was kind of the pathway we were on. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just kind of hoping, you know, for a spot to open up essentially you know they had a full right. roster and hopefully you know the play good enough at one of these practices to actually break through um and it was in the off season i think we had just gotten back from one of those practices and at the time brett cohen um who um was playing on infamous and i think if you go back and watch the bkit documentary that dan Napoli does uh, it tells a story um but while we're all playing the texas scene we were all playing on on different teams we had the whole bkit thing we started with just kind of like a uh, you know, we're all the young kids in all these teams and so we're all kind of best friends playing on different teams but brett was the first one of us to go pro and so he was playing with the infamous but he was riding the bench and he was um you know he played some points here and there and on the nxl field or in the pro x-ball field and he's playing on their semi-pro team mppl and, and brett yep. um at the while this was all going on this year x factor um had just made a bump up to uh, d1 and brett's little brother ryan was on the team and um, Brett came up to me and said, "Hey, man, um, I'm thinking about leaving infamous. I'm gonna go down and play with my brother on X Factor. Um, and I think we can we can if we all do this, we can all go pro. And before I never really thought about going to X Factor or anything like that because you know the thought of having a Texas Pro team was kind of crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to play pro. And when Brett told me that, hey, we can do this like if we do this as kids, you know I was just like, all right fuck it. Um, Talked to Grayson and and he was down and so we we uh Brett kind of made the made the made the hard Hmm. decision to you know bounce out on on Gerald and Rich Garcia um and and which I don't know if we did correctly as a as a kid that you know they're paying for my paint all this stuff all the way down but we just kind of made a rash decision as a 17 year old kid and I joined X factor. Um, and, um, yeah. I think our first event, me and Grayson's, was the Texas, the, the ice bowl. I don't know if you remember where it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And all the, yeah, for some
0: reason it decided to become like winter in the yeah, middle of exactly. Texas. God, dude, seven, that was seven, so crazy.
1: Yeah. 70 degrees on 30 uh, on Thursday and 30 degrees on Friday. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so we, insane. yeah we won that event in D one with X factor. Um, and that was actually my since that that string of going to finals when i was younger mm-hmm. since. and we won that and um i think two events later um uh, we um got asked to join the the nxl so we we went mid-season 2006 so uh brett was right uh and it kind of uh, we, we were able to do it so that's so crazy yeah and kind of, kind of unbelievable. Just that I don't think anyone thought that we could do it as a bunch of kids in a, a Texas Pro team. But Alex kind of had his vision, and and he he put his everything. He supported us. You know, you imagine that he he'd only been in the sport for maybe two years, three years at the time, at mm-hmm. all. You know, for the first time he touched a paintball gun, um, and he, uh, you know, he was paying for all these kids. And you know, Alex is a a well-off guy, but. It's not. Yeah. Owners that are well-known, uh, I would say that they are significantly um, wealthier than Alex by, you know, you know, multipliers. So he was yeah. put big investment in all of us kids, you know, and on something that, you know, a dream for, for his son, um, which is, is kind of crazy. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's so nuts. I mean, just how much he sacrificed and how much it, it just goes to show um, even with the way he is now, it just goes to show just how much the sport means to him, and, and you guys mean to him. And he, he's such a down-to-earth, just grounded, uh, totally. He knows what to do, man. Like I believe he played minor league ball, or did he? I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, played yeah baseball like at some college level, college ball in at high level, yeah.
0: Yeah, and but. I mean that's the that's the the athletic side of it, but just the the mental side of it. I think he has such a solid grasp of of what is expected and what is needed, and um, you know assembling the right guys and having the right guys believe in the system. And I, I think that's what is so key to not only your guys's victory in in Philly, but just your consistency. I mean, you guys might not have the wins like a lot of other teams do at you know, how long have you guys been playing together? But I, I mean, you guys have, you know, finished in the top five. How many times, you know, how many times yeah. last year, how many, you know, consistently. And it, and that was another one of my questions to you is that what was, obviously you guys won Philly. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, but what, what was missing for X factor come on, you know, coming on Sunday? Uh, you know, was it, well, yeah, well, I guess I guess I answer the question. Um, you know, what was X Factor missing? Because you guys would play so well in prelims, and that's kind of always. I feel like even when I played for the team, I feel like we played solid prelims, and then come Sunday, we, you know, something wouldn't
1: click. Something mm-hmm. wouldn't happen. Uh, what do you think that was or or is? Yeah, I think I think we finally uh, have isolated the issue. I think, but uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> I think when we, you know, for the longest time, we were never a consistent team. We were, um, you know, we, you know, we won a, 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 you know, a couple events here and there over their first, you know, you know, five, six years as a, or actually the events we won were their first two years as a professional franchise. And, um, and then, you know, in 2012 and 13, we won a couple more events. Um, and, but it was, it was always very inconsistent, you know, whether or not we were going to be at the top. And I think where we finally hit our stride of, being consistent least you know, was probably 2015. And I think, you know, the the season you were with us, we went to the finals twice. We were, you know, we were a mm-hmm. consistent team. And then I think, was that 2016? I think so. It was 15. 15, so 2015. And so 2015 season, 2016 season, I felt like we would take these losses and we would just kind of like, kind of shrug, you know, like, oh, I don't, you know, that was bad luck or this or that happened and we would just kind of move on and we would just you know and i think we had this false sense of we're right there you know if we keep doing what we're doing the win will happen you know we we had this kind of mindset for there um and then in the 2018 season i think we finally sat down and say look this is this is no longer an anomaly or bad luck like something is missing here like we're, we're not you know climbing this we're not stumbling on top of this mountain we keep climbing it we keep getting to the top and just falling off right before we Mm -hmm. we um and i think we started to really take a look at every single loss and every time we got knocked out of an event really analyzing it okay what what went wrong and why and what can we learn from it and we started attacking you know actually being really honest with ourselves and attacking okay this is our communication's not great whose mm-hmm. communication is better will impact what are they doing studying it okay now we're we're adding in calls we're adding in we're, and you know we had i think it'd be before 2018 we completely scrapped our entire system of calls that we used for the previous eight years really uh, yeah we just completely blew it all down and our our calls are completely different you know and hmm. Um, and then just little things. Every time we get knocked out, we started, you know, okay, what happened there? Okay, and, and we're learning. We're using everything as like a learning experiences. Um, and then I think towards the end of last year, we would, um, we took, a, you know, a step. You know, we're kind of stepping back and looking at things. What's wrong here? And um, it was kind of motivation as far as we've had so many guys grinding for so long, mm-hmm. and it's tough. It wears on you. I guarantee. You know, we went. I think it's 23 tournaments without. Winning, and mm. and that's and that's a long time, and then you look at oh, how yeah. many of those how many of those tournaments are just complete heartbreaks. How many losses in the semifinals, finals, quarterfinals, mm-hmm. that were just one point losses? You know, you know, you, you just the heartbreaks, right? And it it's not happen. easy
0: to win yeah. a tournament. So I mean, even the wins that you guys have, I mean, they were hard fought, and it's it, not saying that you guys don't have enough. It is fucking hard to win huh. a national. Professional paintball tournament.
1: Correct. Seems to made you know. Dynasty made it look easy for a while. The rush team made it look <laughs> right. easy and, and impact to make it look easy. But I tell you, it's it's not easy. And and just the way some of them happen, just you try not to let it happen to you. But this little you know, mm-hmm. bit of self doubt starts to creep in. Of like, are we cursed? Are we never going to win? You know, is this? Are we going to go out like this? Um, and, it, and I think it kind of weighed on some people, and, and some of the guys, you know, had to, you know, take a step back and, and focus on real life, and just made that mm-hmm. call. And then the roster that we had this year is we made sure that everyone on our roster is 100% committed to, to winning at all costs. You know, whatever right. it takes, whatever the commitment. Um, we started doing um, meetings before every practice day. You know, literally sit down meetings before every practice day. Um, we started. Every, at, at practice, we would run up every points, we would analyze everything. Points we won, points we lost, um, stay after practice having meetings. You know, the the meetings at tournaments are ridiculously long now. Um, and, you know, from years past, we'd have people falling asleep in meetings because they just weren't fully bought in, but the buy-in has just been huge this year. Right. Um, and then, you know, the first event, you know, we lost, you know, I think a one-point game to Impact that went on to win it. Um, and I think that was the only match we lost um and we kind of we, we learned from that we sat down the, the next event uh, we lost to the russians i think that was the only the match we lost there too and um they they shot the hell out of us off the break in a close game it was two to two and and then they just shot the hell out of us out of the break but they, they left us a lot to learn from there of how mm-hmm. to be you know study it to analyze it figure it out and then we go into this last one and it's just we i feel like we we just knew like you know we on that field day out the first day of practice i think it was just we all kind of looked around like all right this is us like this is ours and yeah just kind of belief and and 100 effort you know nothing you know the sacrifice it's just more sacrifice and we all take tons of sacrifices but it was just kind yeah. of being willing to you know, it's like we've sacrificed so much over the past 23 events and, and to sit down and say, all right, well, what's why not sacrifice another 10% if we think it'll get us a result and finally it right. off?
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, you bringing up what you guys have to do to actually, you know, that that extra 10%, I mean, is a huge number um, when you're playing at the top. And I, I think, you know, everybody asks, what does it take to win an event? What does it take to turn pro and this and this and this and that? You know, I, I think what it is is look at what the top teams are doing, look what Impact is doing, look what you guys are doing, look what Russian Legion is doing. You need to do that, and then do it better. Mm-hmm. Do it, do it more, do it faster, make it quicker. Do this and that because you ha- you will not you will not win an event. You might make Sunday, but you will not win an event if you are not doing what the top teams are doing. In the off season, at practices, anything like that, you will not win an event unless you are doing what the top teams are doing, and then add that ten percent, just like you said. I think it's, I think it's you know well put you you saying that, and you know with you saying that it, it come it it showed at that event, and I it's it's so good because, and I'm glad the top is getting so tight because. Things are not that things weren't taken serious before, but I think everybody is just so fucking good that the mistakes that are being made are need to be slim to none every single point, and it's so tough. Like sometimes it sometimes it plays out to boring paintball, sometimes it plays out to exciting paintball. Um, I I think it depends on the field and then uh, and then also on the teams that are playing. But other than that, I, I think it's I think it's great to see you guys finally kind of get over that hump. You know, and this is this one event can turn into to many more in the future. I feel, and um, you know, I really hope you guys kind of you know put forth the effort and continue this uh, this growth that you guys are going through.
1: Yeah, you know, for a second there, I was like, okay, you know, a bit of a monkey off the back there, but then I, just talking to everyone, they're just there's hunger for more. I feel like it's yeah, almost it makes like you, yeah, we cracked a code, and, and I know it's not going to be easy, and there's no guarantees or anything, but I feel like we, mm-hmm. we figured out what for us works to be able to win and and that's you know i think everyone's just motivated just want to want to get out there and practice and and get going yeah it's um and like we were saying you know it's hard to compete you know with some of these top teams with the resources i know you've you've spoken to it at length and it's about finding um your your way you know it's like we can't practice like the russians and we just can't you know they they're practicing you know, two days on, one day off. I hear five days a week. I hear you know, you hear all these stories <laughs> come ridiculous. out of this camp, right? Yeah. And, and it's you know, and you know, impact and 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 heat. They have a huge advantage on all the other pro teams, and it's not yeah. necessarily that they practice more than us. Because I, I I would say eh, not they get a little bit more field time than us. But the reason those teams are getting more field time is because they're playing the European Series too as a team, and that's invaluable. You can't even they're playing twice as many tournaments as more paintball than yeah. than 17 other of the pro teams and that is the edge that those three teams have right now or the real edge it's not you know they have more money or pain or you know they have all those things the biggest edge they have is that they're playing twice as many tournaments and that's
0: yeah that's huge well it um, does take money to get over there
1: correct well, Good, they have the money to do it right (laughs) but i think that's where the money is best spent you know is absolutely over there and every time they're at those tournaments they're they're getting one or two more days of team practice and it's just you can't Mm -hmm. that's the thing that us and that's why we had to put that extra 10 percent in it and it's for on top of what we were already doing is because we we have to find other ways to beat them and it's you know it's how ac is successful too is that you have to beat them with the mental side of things too and perfecting the amount of mistakes you're making being very hypercritical of everything you're doing to try to maximize your opportunities when you're out there because they're, you know, they just, they have those certain opportunities and, and I don't want to, and I realize that, you know, as far as budgets go, you know, we're probably fourth in the league, you know, so I don't want to sit there and act like we're crying poor to, to impact or heat or anything like that. Yeah. Yes. Their budget is, is, probably double of ours and and but and i don't want to make light of it because there's a bigger struggle when you look at the outlaws and the booms and those teams that i you know i realize that they have even a you know a much bigger uphill battle than we do uh, right. but at the same time i think it's for, for them to to be successful they're just going to have to find what works what they can do and just double down triple down on it and get as best as they can at it you know i think if yeah if i'm them and knowing how big of shooting off the break is well shit and i know that i would put 90 percent of my efforts into being the best shooting off the break team there is because that's the best chance they have to be completely I, honest so.
0: i think yeah. that's the I, I think that's the key to winning tournaments i i, I think having a All team right. that can consistently shoot one or two guys off the break has a far better chance of the the, the percentage of, of winning the point is so much higher if you can shoot even one guy off the break.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's so I mean it's key. all percentages, you know. It's, it's it's so that that's the thing is like you know like against when the Russians were shooting so good off the break in, in Dallas, the, we didn't have a chance. Once they once they flip that switch on, they're shooting two of us off the break every point. Like Dude, game is over. Yeah. Game was over, and so it's um, you know this time when we we're playing them, you know, i luckily you know we were we were shooting, like you know, probably the same amount of bodies, and it just came down to to paintball and who was better, you know, on that day. So I mm-hmm. think, but yeah, if I'm a if I'm a one of those lower teams, that's that's what I'm focusing on. That's what I'd be having yeah. my guys just turn them into off the break monsters and, and see. That's how you could you know tr- you know top all a giant.
0: Yeah. So. uh When and why was, uh, did your transition to the coaching role happen?
1: Okay. Um, so this one's a a bit of a, I'll probably get a little long winded on this one. Um, (laughs) and it's probably some good lessons for a lot of people out there. Um, so as I kind of mentioned earlier, um, you know, my path to, to pro was, you know, going through the Garcia, the smart part side, you know. You know, that's where mm-hmm. kind of everything all my efforts were. Um, and then when I went over to X-Factor with Brett, um, I grew up in, in Dallas, and X-Factor is based out of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Grayson was based out of Austin, which is real close to San Antonio. So he knew Alex and those guys and stuff. Um, I was one of the only guys that was up there in the Dallas area. And so I moved Found <clears throat> to... Uh, just north of San Antonio, mm-hmm. I didn't really know Alex, and so when I went on the team, you know, it was back then as old school X ball, but there was already 15 other guys on the team. I was number 16 on X factor. Yeah. Um, only five guys play at once, so it was a uh, uh, kind of a battle for me there. Um, and it's there was a couple things going on. A there was a battle for me there because I was you know the last guy on the boat there. Yeah. um a lot a lot to climb uh, and b i think in retrospect <clears throat> because i wasn't you know one of alex's original guys um mm-hmm. but part of it is is i don't i wasn't good enough to be you know it's i yeah maybe i had to do a little bit more to prove something more um to get more time on the field but yeah. but if i know now as a coach in retrospect if i would have been out there blowing everyone's heads off it was on me You know it wasn't on them you know it's like of course you know and i think anyone that's going to get in any camp um yeah there's going to be guys that are the core of the team that are to be there they're going to get the extra opportunity you know they can make a couple more mistakes and you can as the new guy like that's just the reality of things um but i didn't handle it well um so i just i thought i was getting you know kind of screwed over and um you know, I finally, and it, it started to be kind of a, a, a little battle. I finally, you know, I think I got a starting spot, finally, the, our first event of 2007. So it was our fourth event pro. Um, and the reason I got this spot, and I, 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 I made my way up from 16, right, to, to 11, mm-hmm. essentially. <laughs> uh, none of people knew this, so I, I was slowly climbing my way through, right? So I made it up from 16 to 11. And, uh, and just to explain what it was like being number 11 through 16, our first event pro, we played three lines. We started out like that, got some playing wow. time. Um, that didn't last very long um, just because that's just not the way to fucking do it. right? <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and so the next two events, um, they used to have coaching, right, next ball? So mm-hmm. us line three guys, so 11 through 16 on the roster, we literally would sit there and yell in unison where the other guys were on the team. That was – that was uh, my yep. – I would go to tournaments to, to essentially just be one of the guys sitting there on the, the Lose your voice with my, my pack off for, or, you know, empty, empty pots. Yep. Um, so I finally crawl my way up to probably 11th on the depth chart there. And um, Archie, a lot of people don't know this, went and tried out for the Russians in the offseason of 2006 and broke <sighs> his hand on the first point. <sighs> so he literally tries out but doesn't get to try out. First point, breaks his hand. Jeez. Um, so his tryouts over russians don't pick him up he comes back to x factor um but open up a spot so i i now was number 10 so i got to play a full event um you know my fair share of points uh, we met it to sunday we beat the russians which was like the you know beating the you know i said maybe like the russians now He the best team in the league by far yeah, was yeah. A distance then um, on, um, um, in the prelims, and then we drew them again on Sunday, and they just dominated us. So, but I had a pretty, you know, good event. I held my own. Um, I was in college at the time, and I went to a professor for MIO, which was the next event, and I, you know, I said, hey, you know, I have this date, I need to um you know get off for for class and the professor and usually professors would be pretty cool with you you know i found Mm -hmm. like i'm a professional paintball player you we used to always tell them like we were getting paid a bunch of money this is how we're paying for school we had (laughs) to make it legit yeah we had the whole spiel right (laughs) and um uh and they just said if you miss this this test you know it was a midterm like you get a zero so (laughs) and the way i was you know you know thankfully my parents they pay for my college um but they they basically that was a thing Mm -hmm. so i missed the event and that's where uh, x-factor took second um and so i I went from playing on a starting line to missing the event that went second and that was kind of like a book closing right there which is tough Mm -hmm so lost you know and then so of course you're gonna roll with it the next event chicago we win so it was kind of like this kind of you know missed opportunity you know right there Mm -hmm. Uh, then again you know if i practiced i would have been blowing people's heads off i would have been on the field (laughs) so you know there's you know you got to look at ways but i you know i wasn't doing enough um and i and i kind of had a you know a thing and it, while this is all going on this 2007 season uh we're playing trying to win pro spots in the MVPL so that's where i'm getting most of my play time you know we won i think i won you know we had two semi-pro teams and we won three out of the five tournaments and it was us and aftermath i was going at each other yeah um and um so that was kind of my shine was is seven man. I always, I, I love seven man. I'm sure you'd oh, I love do it too. too. So <laughs> I, I'm a more, uh, statistic or, you know, more strategy type player. I think I'm a strategic mm-hmm. thinker. I think that's where I, um, why I probably do a pretty good job as a coach. That's why I did a good job in seven man as a player. I was a, I was a better, uh, thinker than a, a gunfighter. I would say.
0: What position were you
1: playing? I've, <clears throat> second up to center on, uh, in seven man. And then uh, yeah. in next ball, I, I played in the Dorito side. Um, yeah. and so we had, yeah, so we won a Huntington beach, you know, seven man, I was kind of, I was the last guy alive, uh, in the semifinals to get us through it. And then, you know, I, I broke up in a pretty, you know, this big fucking, uh, stands full and seven man at Huntington beach. I'm sure you remember those in the finals. And we were playing. I think you beat
0: us in Huntington beach. Uh, yeah. And then Avalanche,
1: that was the next year. That was 28 oh. or 2008. Oh, so. that's right. That's right. Yeah. So we were playing aftermath in finals. Yeah. And in San Diego and this, the whole crowds, you know, there was fields wrapped with stands, you know, it was kind of like a stadium as you, you can imagine, just screaming mm-hmm. like, fuck you X factor. You suck. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, we yep. want to, I want a big, uh, I think three on probably you know, the best, you know, memory of as a player. Um, but we finished that year, um, and I, I, you know, I, I stood out well in seven man. And but I, uh, basically, what happened was, um, Alex said, "Hey, we're, you know." Mhm. But so we're just gonna we're gonna just have the one pro seven man, and I think it uh, was pretty apparent to myself at the time that I wasn't gonna be one of those seven guys, and I and I kind of just as a nineteen year old. Um, Made the wrong decision to hang it up. You know, it's in and yeah, pulling me away from the game, too. You know, that you know, uh, decision yeah. I made at the time that that, uh, you know, I pulled the plug too early. You know, and I think I could have could have grinded it through, you know, put more effort into it. You know, and I and I look back at it, you know, as myself as a just just an idiot because i I had a pretty bad attitude about it, not to anyone else, it's internally, you know, you know I always yep. was at practice, I never complain you know, but I think internally all I had to do was go put more effort. you know we were playing every weekend back then, but I wasn't saying after doing drills, I wasn't you know saying before I wasn't analyzing why I wasn't one of the you know the top you know ten guys. I was just sitting there, you know saying all oh, this sucks, you know, you know yeah, so kind of hung it up early um and just had to kind of like I you know, told you earlier, I just had to completely close my eyes from the sport for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. The same that's thing that, for me. I just had to take that break. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, you, you got to yeah, think but, of where
0: you are now. Right. And, and, and what, uh,
1: a different path. But, yeah. But I, I would definitely say to anyone that's kind of going through the same thing, trying to earn their spot and, um, maybe feeling like they're not getting a fair shake to really take a step back and just know that it's on you, you know, put the yeah. extra work in, you know, don't make the mistake I made. Just, you know, stick, stick with it. If, if you want to do it, stick with it. Hmm. You know, those, those guys that, you know, I was 11th on the depth chart, those guys that were 12th, 13th, 14th, uh, you know, they, they all went on, you know, I'm not going to name as players, but they they all went on to be household name X factor players, you know, it's just, yeah. I, I didn't have the, you know, the will to get, Continue on when those mm. guys that stuck through it, you know they, uh, yeah, you know they got to reap the rewards. So yeah, it, I took a it, break. It, uh, yeah,
0: go ahead. It, I was gonna say, is it am I coming through choppy to you? Because it keeps chopping up here, and occasion. it's okay. fucking yeah. thing, man! I swear to God, yeah. like I sometimes it'll be perfect, and then sometimes it'll like it'll just chop up randomly. I don't, I haven't run an Ethernet cord down here yet, and. Um. Oh, it's so frustrating, dude. It's so frustrating when like you're trying to have a decent conversation with somebody, and like shit starts cutting out, and you're like, what the "Fucker!" But I mean, that's yeah, technical difficulties. What are you gonna do? Well, you you run a a, a media business anyway, don't you? A, a online, uh, yeah, tech
1: business. C- Correct. That's kind of the uh, the blessing disguise, I guess. Of um, when I got all my focus back from from paintball. I was able to focus finishing up school, um, and then I I started. uh, You know, I was working in the the liquor industry, um, and one of my tasks was, you know, selling this kind of no-name liquor. And they're like, "Hey, you need to figure out the social media aspect of things, Mm -hmm. manage our pages." And I I was having a hard time juggling both, and so I started looking for companies that that were social media agencies back in 2011, I think. Um And I could only find you know companies that charge way too much money out of our budget and individuals and um I kind of felt that there was a hole in the market um for a social media agency um, which um, I've you know we started a company uh, at the time it was probably a good time to do it. There's now mm-hmm. you know a million of them, but uh yeah. we're pretty established at this point um so yeah, it's just been growth. I think we're in our ninth year of business now, so um it's been cool so yeah we you know i have a you know small business you know about you know 10 person you know company that um we do you know digital marketing so we create you know average you know content creation and you know advertisements on facebook and instagram for clients you know all over the place usually small medium businesses so yeah so that's it so you know basically and then so once my company got um you know, I was always friends with the guys, you know, I lived with Grayson throughout the whole thing. And, you know, I started coming around a little bit more when I felt like, uh, you know, I could give paintball another shot. And, um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, Archie, um, you know, he kind of approached me, this is, I guess, 2011. And he kind of said that, you know, they, he he just wanted me around, to be honest, you know, just, they were trying to find a, spot and so he asked me to come sideline coach i think chicago 2011. that's um, probably were a sideline coach there um and um yeah. that was kind of my trip you know I wasn't really coaching i was just yelling out spots um and then the next event was an MPPL. And so I guess Archie once again went to Alex and said, hey, we should bring Ryan. I'm sure he can help out somewhere, scout games. I think I was going there to, to scout and uh, and um, and still wasn't considered coaching, just a scout. And um, I was kind of, when I was on the team, you know, I never had the best relationship with Alex. I was kind of a young, stupid kid, as my past story probably indicated. Um, <laughs> and... Um, basically I was scouting games and, you know, I, I walked up, you know, I go in the bleachers, scout a, a game. I come to the guys and show people where they're going. And, uh, at one point, Alex just looked at me and said, well, what do you think we should do? And uh, it was kind of like a, a shocking question to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're asking me what we should do. Um, and he's like, yeah, what do you think we should do? And so I kind of like drew up a, a play on the spot and, and they ran it and I guess it worked. I don't remember probably i guess because i got to pick out the next play too it's later, <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah it's always
0: the next play whether or not uh, the first one worked yeah, exactly. yeah.
1: That, was, that was probably my only shot right if we would have lost that point i would have been done but, all right
0: booked. go back over there
1: yeah but yeah and so i guess from there is how i became the coach of x factor um it's it's just uh um you know alex i think had a different impression of me um i was i'm i think i would like to think i was a bit mature you know after that that break mm-hmm. of uh, five years or so, uh, from paintball. Um, I think he knew that I, you know, went to college, finished school, you know, went to grad school for a bit, started the company and, and kind of, uh, he just had a different impression of me. Um, and yeah. trusted in me and it's been a, it's been a, been a road. And, you know, I think the X factor was on a drought of, of Wednesday. And that was, that wasn't even a, a drought of wins. That was a team that was, you know, hadn't made Sunday in a long time. And yeah, the first the first full seat i did the rest of 2011 i don't think we made it in sunday um in the psp once uh 2012 um things started to to kind of kick around um we won an mppl that year was the first event the team had won in uh five years i think since 2008 since the huntington beach where they beat you with avalanche Mm -hmm. um and um so that was yeah in 2013 you know we won the World cup so it's um yeah it's just been a it's, it's nice uh, you know I, I definitely enjoy coaching um it's just yeah. it's kind of played well to, to look at the game and, and and the way i analyze it i never thought when RT first called me to come sideline coach that I, I never really maybe i would have started playing again but i in my head i was like oh, okay i can dedicate just going to the events you know i can it's a big difference in practicing all this stuff and yeah. Pretty quickly, I got fully sucked back in. I think people will say that to you, paintball will fully suck you in. And I, I probably, I, I will certainly will tell you that uh, I probably spend more time on paintball than anyone else on our roster, and have I have so for many years now. And so it's, uh, yeah, you know, I, I never if if I probably would have ran if you would have told me that uh, uh, as much time I, you know, at first what the commitment would have taken to be a coach of the team. But mm. um, I'm really glad I. I said yes because uh, it's the bond that I have with these guys. Uh, I don't think it's it's just can't match it. Yeah,
0: well, I think it's the trust and in, in the position that uh, that you're in is huge, and I think it falls you know very nicely in your lap. And you know, to all the guys out there and, and teams out there who are listening, who are trying to to player coach, who are just trying to be players and just kind of run things. Like, yeah, sometimes it might work. It might work, but I can guarantee you that if you don't get some kind of a system down where somebody's calling the shots and somebody's holding people accountable, because it's it's tough. it's tough when you're running just players and then the players have to hold themselves accountable along with the other players. It's not the greatest system unless you have somebody that can actually like, okay, you two are not supposed to yell at each other. I'm supposed to be the one that's you know, holding you guys accountable for stuff. And I think that's really what needs to happen um, in order to actually have a team cycle and, and run as it should and have everybody actually contribute the same and everybody be cohesive. And I, I, I think that's really what it takes is, is a really good system of coaches, players, um, owner who's involved and the, the, kind of this whole ecosystem.
1: Yeah, there, happening. There, there's got to be there's got to be buy in, you know, there has to be. And even if you can't find the most qualified coach, you know, and maybe that coach was you know, not the look when I started coaching X Factor. I was, you know, especially that time, I was never, you know, the guys in the roster, I'd never achieved what they achieved, you know, as far mm-hmm. as, so who am I to tell them what's what to do? But where we started finding success is, you know, you just have to be, find someone and, and believe in them and work with them and, and get a system where when some guy says, hey, this is the play we're running, everyone needs to shut up and, and run the play, you, and you have to yeah. believe in it. And I think that's, I think what a lot of teams have a trouble doing is that you, you get someone that, you know maybe isn't know exactly but y'all got to put together a system y'all got to set up yeah. you know if it's if you don't if maybe that coach isn't experienced enough to call plays on the fly um and actually be able to make adjustments then y'all mm. need to a find someone who is or b work with what you've got and, and find right. a system that's maybe a bit more rigid that you know it's you got three plays these are the three plays we're running Uh, the coach's job is to to pick one out of the hat i don't know but you just got to have a a, a system in place and 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 go with it because if if you have a bunch of guys bickering in the pits or no we should do this no we should do that like you've already lost Mm. like you might get lucky i still see it in the pro division i saw it this last weekend in a top 14 do it and it cost them the the turn or that match i believe yeah and it's you just have to you, you just got to believe it and go with it. Or you just wind up with just a bunch of people, you know, a bunch of heads doing different things. And it's just, painful especially at this level right now, it's, 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 everyone's got a job to do and you have to have all your bases yeah. covered. And if you don't have someone putting those jobs in place, then you're lost.
0: Yeah. Stru- Structure is huge. and and call me out if I'm wrong, but I feel like the most important job the m- most important characteristic of a coach especially i mean i guess it could go across all sports but um especially in paintball i think is the ability and the the ability to recognize uh when adjustments need to be made and 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 the timing of when adjustments need to be made
1: Uh, am i am i wrong no i mean that's that's i think that's what probably sets aside you know just looking at, at pro coaches the 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 good ones from the bad ones the the great ones from the, the you know the good ones you know it's just uh, it's the ability to adjustments even in it and i think it has a lot to do with just the uh the, the foresight to be able to, to know how to make these adjustments and it, uh-huh. it's a bit of a chess match you're, you're always sitting there going all right what is what does their coaches think that you're about to do and you have to play right. against that you, what have i done in the past what's worked or, well, I can't do that because they know it's gonna work, and that's it's it's just a, a different game. The way I have to coach against the, the Russians uh, is completely different than the way I have to coach against, you know, say any of the teams on the lower tier, um, right. because they're it's just you you just know that they're they're in your head, you know, you, mm-hmm. you got to be in their head, and now you gotta you're just playing a game of okay, do they what do they what do they know, what do they think I know, what do they think that they think that, that i think they know you know you're just playing all these things of, of, of trying yeah. to try to get out there and, and make those adjustments um and you got to stay calm and you just got to know sometimes it's just not going to work you know and you yeah. just got to you know you got to be able to and I've, I've blown up in the pits i've seen other coaches blow up in the pits but the main thing is that if you're not calm and you're freaking out your players you're going to be not calm and freaking out so mm-hmm. it, it kind of bucks stops with you a little bit there and so that's yeah. you know i think yeah, a lot of it too and you know players sit there and meditate before matches and run through things and what they need to do i think that's one of the main things i'm telling myself is when shit hits the fan you got to be the set the tone of of controlling yeah. yourself so yeah that's uh, absolutely and luckily i have alex there sometimes to to, to settle me down if i'm you know <laughs> you, you know it's it's tough sometimes when you're a coach and you're watching your players and you, you've taught them what to do in the scenario? You know what they know. What to do in the scenario, and then they go do something completely different to to, mm-hmm. to not just you know have your head fucking pop off. But uh, that's, yeah. that's that's as part of the game.
0: And uh, so, uh, so what's it like being a uh, a father and having being a professional paintball coach um, and having to commit so much to the team? Uh, how does that How does that play like? with the family and how do you make it work?
1: Uh, it's struggle. I think it's <laughs> the main word there. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's starting as I'm sure it started to wear on you. It's starting to, um, the weekends is when we do our sport. Right. And so that is mm-hmm. where you, uh, have the most time with, with your kiddos. Right. And, um, there's, um, I think it's, uh, it's tough and so I just have to apply myself you know extra effort when I have the opportunities you know so I know that I might be out of town for practice during this weekend so when I'm there that leading up that week I need to you know find those extra moments to, to be with my kids and support them spend more time with them not have my phone yeah. my head buried in the cell phone and, and just being um, you know actively pursuing you know the best father that I can be while doing this and um, right. And it's, you know, I know that there's, there's trade offs there. There's things, you know, I've, I've missed soccer games and stuff like that where you just can't get some of those moments back. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, I get paid to be a coach and, and I love being a coach, but I am, you know, I get paid to do so. And, you know, luckily I'm able to take that money and contribute to my family and, and do special things, you know, vacations, that kind of stuff that, that, there it helps you know with the trade-off but you know as you know there's time you can't buy back and so i think that's kind yeah. of a one of those things that it's it's a struggle it's something i think about and and, and you know i love the coach and i feel like everyone should have a passion um i did um before my my wife got pregnant um with my my youngest my three-year-old is um i was coaching in europe for a couple of years with the breakout spa and I mm-hmm. love that experience. Uh, you know, I and I took a team that was pretty good, and, and we kind of went on a run from being a, a lower tier, middle of the pack European team to being the best team in Europe for two two years running in you know, two and a half years when I was coaching them, um, yeah. getting to finals, semifinals consistently. Um, and you know, my wife got pregnant, and I said, you know, it's, I have to cut this back and, and go into go into the you know what the millennium at the time the NXL Europe. That that's a commitment that I don't think people that don't do it realize because you're losing two days just traveling, Um, and to be perfectly honest, if you're going over there just you know, and I did it a few times where you fly into the airport, you go to straight to practice you know at the field you know, tournament tournament you know practice day you know friday saturday sunday and you fly out monday morning at 6 a.m yeah you just flew to europe to go to a paintball field it's just it's not worth it you know so <laughs> yeah yeah you you really want to have those opportunities to extend days so um it was a tough decision but i had to give that up and i, I have uh-huh. the guys calling me a lot um trying to get me to to go back um and and coach them or you know or in other opportunities um and then um just right now i just had to tell uh, ryan smith has to miss the next event in prague with heat um he, he's on i believe a hunting trip so Heat had asked me to step in for ryan um over there and uh, i uh-huh. actually just had to turn them down yesterday because you know it's one of those things that I, i've never been to prague it looks amazing i hear i hear all these great stories from it but yeah I, you know, I, I got home from, you know, being gone just for four days for my family. And, uh, and then I, you know, just looking at it, going, can I, you know, a month from now, can I, you know, miss out another, you know, nine, seven, whatever it might be days to, to go over there and just, you have to, you have to say no sometimes as hard as it yeah. is. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: for me, I, I think yeah. paintball is a single man's slash single woman's sport. Yeah, I feel. I mean, because yeah. with the amount of time and dedication you have to be, especially at the top or at any level, depending mm-hmm. on how dedicated and serious you are, um, it started hitting for me. You know, the more and more I saw my son and pictures that my wife was sending me, the more and more I was at paintball events and at the field and, and seeing pictures. I'm like, man, I, I kind of want to be with my my kid and my family right now mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and uh, you can't yeah. have that mindset you know at a practice while or out of, yeah. while you're over there you got to be completely focused and mm. you know yeah. there's a lot of guys out there or maybe not a lot maybe a handful of guys that their families come out to all the events and everything which i'm sure is helpful but it man it is tough having family and, be, and trying to compete at this yeah. level and um you it's, know it's it's tough and it's I, tough. I miss the shit out of it and but i mean you know, it, it is what it is. I, I I think um I think there's a time for everything and
1: yeah and, and maybe uh, you know I don't know if your your story's over either as much as you admit it you know you might find you know <laughs> you know luckily like my wife is amazing she supports the living shit out of me you know doing this yeah. she she doesn't complain she you know gets kids and she's I'm sure it's it's hell for her but you know she watches the mm-hmm. webcast she goes to her mom's house they watch it and kids oh, nice. watch and cheer and you know, there's, you know, part of me feels like, you know, I'd like to stick in it and be involved So, you know, you know, I'm not going to force, you know, kids to play or anything, but, you know, if they want to, I think that's, you know, I, sometimes I look over at, at Callie and, you know, his, his kids and Thomas, and, like their sons look at them like they're, they're superheroes. You know, my, my, yeah. their dads are professional athletes and they have this, this great bond with their kids through them being athletes. And, you know and i think you know their their sons are you know they're younger than than years of mine and um they're older i mean and so it's you know maybe they can make that close you know but maybe uh when you keep playing this 10 man and you know once cooper sees <laughs> his dad out there you know and he's yeah. five or six and he, he knows what's going on maybe he'll you know you'll see he'll, he'll, he'll want you to play and he can go out there to the field with you, you know, i saw Callie was bringing his son to practice yeah so, you know, I think, you know, it'd be cool for, you know, I'd like to, you know, have, you know, my son, you know, be able to, you know, watch me play one of these, you know, 10 man pros or, you know, get to come out to the field and, you know, do all this stuff be around the team, you know, I think team sports and we have a family, you know, it's kind of like X-Factors, you know, we're a family, so... You know that yeah. right now it's uh, you know the trade-off that that I struggle with but I, I I think right now my path is to keep doing it for a while you know I'm not going to stay till the wheels fall off but you know right now yeah. I, while it's a balance and, and maybe maybe for you too one day maybe you'll get back out there and keep going you know, I saw him in that we'll jersey see. Saw him in that jersey <laughs> the other day looking good yeah
0: yeah right now he just knows that it's his pajamas not that it's yeah. his, uh
1: and you know i'm not gonna i don't think
0: i'm gonna push him you know too hard into it i think i'll take him out eventually when he's older i'll probably get him into jujitsu um sooner than than paintball mm-hmm. but um just because i mean you can't play paintball till you're like fucking 10 years old or some shit and jujitsu is like four i can get him in so that's awesome um i'll get him into that but you know eventually i do plan on you know saying hey you know come play this thing that your dad used to play at a professional level and uh you know if he's interested awesome if he's not you know, there's plenty of other shit out there that uh, that he can do i'm probably not going to have him play football um if he wants to play baseball that'd be that'd be awesome or, or hockey or something but yeah that's I a, steer him away from that's a struggle
1: uh football right now i wonder you know I, I played i know you played and it's kind of like mm-hmm. all the cte stuff you're going like i don't i just don't it explains know explains a lot for my <laughs> position <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> um, yeah it's uh it's uh, it's weird you know where the decisions we we make for our children and it's like do you i don't know how it is now in high school but back where i went to a texas football powerhouse for high school and if you wanted to be one of the, the cool kids at school you had to play you know that's yeah that's, you know, you want, you, you know, you wanted to be at the, the party with all the seniors. You got to be on the fucking football mm-hmm. team. And I don't know if it's like that still, but you know, you kind of like do you, you're gonna handicap your kids, saying no, you can't do this. You know, you, if because you can, you're gonna blow your brain up. You know, that's probably the right the decision you should make as a parent. But I'm it, sure it's it's torn. You know, to say you can't do what I did because now we know better. Mm-hmm. So well, now it's so different because I guess my now it's like
0: seatbelts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Their arm was the seatbelt, and uh, you know, but it, like now it's like, oh, your son wants, you know, your son codes, or your son created an app, or your your son does this and does that. There's so many different avenues now that's like cool, and well, not even fucking cool, just that makes money, that is a career. We are not smashing your brain in, or, or or tearing down your body. Which I think sports, I think sports is definitely some kind of or martial arts or whatever it is 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 very. Uh, needs to be that discipline and that, that kind of goal-oriented thing in, in some time in a kid's life growing up just to be able to have that. But, I mean, what he eventually does, if he wants to fucking write poetry, if he wants to ribbon dance, I don't give a fuck. Dude, he's my kid. I'm going to support him in whatever he does and try and direct him in the best possible way I can as a father. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, I, I before... Before we kind of end this thing, I kind of want to get um, your take on uh, pro paintball players kind of having more of a voice now with social media and, and podcasts and YouTube and, and everything like that. And even even people who are fucking popular on YouTube or anything like that, who are not even pro, who are just like random people who make paintball videos, who are, are way more popular and people watch all those videos. And do you think it's a it's a good thing and a good connection for people? for professional players and, and people to have these platforms and, and obviously the information is good, but because there's so much false information and there's so much fuckery that goes on. um, Like, where do you see, where do you see this happening? Cause I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of companies out there too, where there's like, like the whole Damien incident and, and I guess the a whole nother incident that happened. And now it's like being, being public and publicized. Mm-hmm. And where do you see where do you see the relationship between the pro players and and teams and sponsors going with this like social media kind of phenomenon happening?
1: Yeah, it's uh it's tough, you know. I think it's great for the fan to have access um, to the player. You know, I think stuff that like Ronnie's doing and 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 Tom and all those guys are. The, the vlogs and all these things they're great, you know. I think you know the podcasts that, that you do and J. Rab and Nick, um, but I think we probably as as players need to know that um, we got to try to do the best to, to stay positive on certain things. Um, mm-hmm. And there's the league, you know, right now they have no control uh, aside from you know the sponsors have some control about what we should say um the league doesn't really have direct control and i think a lot of times people are looking at the, the league as that the nxl is the league as, as like they're the evil you know empire doing something but you know they're 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 doing the best that they 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 can as far as they run mm-hmm. a for profit business now, whether or not they should be able to run a for profit business, that's that's a whole nother discussion. But I, I and you know, I'm I'm a business owner, you know, consider myself a capitalist. I feel like if they want to run a, a for-profit business, they should be allowed to. They yes, shouldn't have right, yeah. to they shouldn't have to show their books to anybody. They shouldn't be have. you know, if, if you're not happy with their product, um, then don't don't go. And I think that's and I think that message has been put out there by people and people have attacked people for saying that. But and maybe it's not don't go, but go support someone else. You know, go, mm-hmm. go support you know some of the regional leagues that you think might have a better product. Um, I don't know the numbers on the league. The reason I don't know the numbers is because they're not public, and they they honestly they they shouldn't be. Um, yeah. um, unless the league wanted them to, they put on a pretty damn good show. You know, and and I think they're they're getting better at it. Um, you know, should there be prizes in paintball? I don't know, and I don't really. You know, care um, because I never played for you. Know, I mean, I, I guess a little different than we we're playing, like growing up, yeah, I, I won probably 20 autocockers in local series one year, and that's kind of how I kept paying for pain. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so I get that, you know. But should there be these, like, it's just tough, you know, like massive prizes, like playing these national events, like that's for pride, that's for challenging yourself, and that's for moving up the ranks. And uh, there are prizes to be won. Um, I think the big thing is that it's expensive. You know, I, I'd like to see mm-hmm. um, entry fees lowered a, a little bit to allow more people to play. Um, but if teams don't have the money, then they, there's regional leagues that are that are cheaper, and I, I want people to be able to go out and play and have a good time. Um, but at that national stage, like you're you're playing with the big boys on that national stage, um, yeah. and so that's the league. You know, that's my views on it. Um, and players kind of. Disgruntledly, kind of attacking the league i don't i don't think that's positive unless you know right. more than i know and i'd like to believe that i do a pretty good job of of knowing probably a, more than the average pro player of what's going on you know and and i don't yeah. know numbers and um i, I found myself pretty knowledgeable and i don't think they do either and i and i don't think the the teams are getting taken advantage of and 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 maybe they are, maybe they're not, but I, I think some of the people voicing it in a negative, you know, out there publicly, they don't know. I don't think they know. Um, and I think they're just jaded and they're putting it out there and I think we should be positive. I, I think that's yeah. a way to, to grow is for things to be positive and put out positive content. Um, mm-hmm. And not that, you know, where the sheep's getting pulled, you know, whatever you might want to say. It's just, I think we should, and if you have an issue and you have a platform, The starting an uprising, you know, top down, I don't think is a way to do it. I think a lot of these guys that we can get together and and talk about it. And if you want to talk to Tom Cole or Bart or any of these people, Randy, like, you have their phone numbers. Like, they'll answer the phone. I haven't spoken to all of them. It's if you have, and and they'll talk to you, they'll explain things. I've never found any of them to be dismissive or not willing to, to step up and have a conversation and explain to you do the facts. So it's one of those right. things like I mean you had Tom on here and he did a great job explaining his business. You've had our you've had Bart for sure, I know. Um yeah, I've had it, Tom, yet. yeah. Yeah, I've had I've had Bart on. for sure though. I think I've heard yeah. yeah, Tom maybe did like a long form P V nation thing or something. Mm-hmm. But um I think that um things should be just a positive and if you have an issue, like address it. And the and then if you are addressing it with the higher ups and you're not getting an answer or a result, mm-hmm. put them on blast. That's the way I see it, but not until you do yeah. that. Um, yeah. I think. Yeah, and I think there's uh, another thing is that I've kind of discussed. I don't think ever publicly, but online is that I think a mistake we're making, and I've I've seen maybe a little bit lesser, but it was rampant for a while, is that we always like to shit on the idea of being a pro paintball player, um, and and when I was growing up, and the reason I wanted to be pro, and I. It's because I looked at these guys in these magazines and, uh, you know, the Dynasty guys in their house and stuff. And I, I thought it was like the rock star lifestyle. And, I,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: you, know, and you, you know, and you had guys making more money back then. And it's something I, I strive to want to do. I wanted to be one of those guys. Um, and that's what made me stay with it and keep climbing. And I wanted to reach that goal. Um, right. And those opportunities, they, they, they're they still there. You know, it's like the you can still get on a team like Impact, uh, you know Heat, X Factor. Like I'm, um, you know, our players get paid to play paintball. You know, not maybe not mm-hmm. at the level of some other teams, but they do. And and there's other teams that that players are getting paid. Ironman, you know, Damage. That's all. You know, a majority of the teams like that. You can play paintball and travel and and get all of the other amazing perks out of it. This Brotherhood and stuff but I felt anytime I go on PbH or anything like that and people talk about fail oh they live in their parents basements they pay for their own and we keep putting this this thing out there that oh you know you're a loser if you play you'll never make any money all you get is free gear and I know that is the case on some teams but the opportunities still exist and I think we do a, a bad job lately of making it um, like look bad to play pro and making it look mm-hmm. like the bad thing when, you know, you know, I think you never made a ton of money playing paintball, I'm assuming, correct? There was, there was one year, yeah.
0: one year, one and a half years yeah. where I actually had a contract where I was, had a paycheck, paycheck yeah. every month. But other than that, all these deals are, yeah. are gun deals, which yeah. are gun deals actually with the team front and the sponsor, not the player in the, in the team. Mm-hmm.
1: But would so you, have, like, would you have done it again though? absolutely yeah so that's the thing is that there's (laughs) it's still it's awesome and it really is and yeah i feel like we don't really um put out there like how awesome it is and i think when we do that there's less kids like my 14 year old self that are wanting to do this and climb the ranks Mm -hmm. because the the top of the the hill doesn't look so shiny um and i and it is and and i think we're doing a bad job of that right because it is awesome i just the, what I just achieved with my best friends, you know, seven days ago, five days ago, was probably some of the the most joy of my life, you know. Next to like mm-hmm. my son being born and some other, you know, you know other things and um, the memories. Those memories and and it's just one of those things that, um, I wouldn't have done it. I I cared if 15 year old me went on the internet, you know, if there was a decade later and I looked and said, oh, these pro players oh it sucks they're losers they only get paid their gear paid for them and some of them are are paying for their own flights i would have said well that's stupid i'm not i'm not going to try to achieve that goal that's that's not that's a hobby that's not a sport that's that's whatever and i think it's and and that would have been a shame you know because my life is amazing from it and i Mm -hmm. think that we need to do a better job of of showing how how cool it is i mean Impact and heat those guys they do live a rock star life they do go yeah. over there and stay in these amazing hotels and travel all over Europe and Asia and the world doing this stuff and it's stuff that the average person will never have an opportunity to do. And yes, there's sacrifices yeah. to be made. Um, you need to be smart about it. You know, the guys on X Factor, a lot of us are are, are have done you know, pretty successful for, for our years, but that's because we pursued, you know, college degrees at the same time. You know, we've worked right. hard, we have you know supplemental other jobs and we, we use our painful income as, as extra, you know, income, not main source of income. And so I think that's the yeah. pathway, get your, your real life on track, get your, get your shit straight. But it's, it's a, you know, something that it's worth the pursuit in my opinion. And I think we need more, more people, you know, championing, championing that, opposed
0: to you know poo pooing on it yeah yeah no I I agree 100%. I think I think also that we we shouldn't be afraid as you know everybody's a critic but I, I don't think we should be afraid of criticizing uh, criticizing the league, ghost sports or whomever whoever you are I mean especially the pro players I don't I think the pro players shouldn't be afraid of criticism uh, or criticizing for that matter but criticize with some kind of solution. It, mm-hmm. Whether you think it's going to work or not, I think I think you should criticize with a solution. And you know, I've brought it up plenty of times where I'm like, "Well, hey, I don't I don't think this is the right route, uh, but I think this like, like, like the whole advantage bunker that I was bringing up to you mm-hmm. uh before. Like I I was like, "Man, you know, what can we do to kind of, you know, not have such dull games or or bring a little bit of a different spark and a little bit different point uh point scoring." system you know and i thought of the advantage bunker and I, you know and i'm thinking about approaching the nxl with it or, or or whatever um but i think it's like you can't just say well that that fucking sucks just because or you know what i mean yeah you can't you can't go forward with that you have to you can't sit in a chair with a broken leg uh on the chair and sit in it every time over and over again and just be like oh this sucks You know, you have to have some kind of a solution. You have to figure out some kind of a solution for it. And until you do so, you're going to keep falling over in that fucking chair over and over and over again, uh, hitting your head over and over again. So it's like, you know, just bring the criticism with solutions. And I think that I think that's the best way to also go about it, because I think we live in 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 a world where every single person has an opinion. Everybody's a critic. Everybody has a better idea. Everybody thinks they know everything. And, you know. We, we just have to be able to siphon the bullshit as much as possible. But also, I, I, I think the players need to be open to criticism. I think they, they should be allowed to criticize. But I also think that the companies and the league should also listen to the guys who have been playing for a long time now, who have been playing the format, who have been you know, traveling and playing the style of paintball for a long time. And I, I think a lot of them have some kind of a justification to the criticism, um, depending obviously on what it is. But I, I think there, if a lot of people are unhappy with something, it's for a reason. And I think there needs, not necessarily needs to be a player's union, but I think there needs to be more meetings. There needs to be more um, cohesive, uh, just arguments of figuring out things of what's gonna happen, what's gonna work better, what's not gonna work, what should we do this year? And I think that needs to be happening three quarters of the way through the the current season for next year, not trying to figure it out and only do the fucking figuring with a team or two teams you know, and be like, Oh, we're, we're switching to a whole new fucking bunker set or, or, or whatever it is. Like let's start let's start jumping on this, you know, at the sh- let's let's call the Chicago event, the fourth event. Let's start let's start worrying about next year at the Chicago event and now involving three, four, five pro teams, uh, and, and see what works or, or call a meeting of all the pro team captains and owners or whatever and say, Hey, this is the direction of where we want to go. Um, this is the the idea that we had. What do you guys think? What do you think will work? What do you think won't work? Maybe it's really far-fetched. I don't know. But I, I think it's something that, that could maybe try and be implemented um, somehow. But I, I think it would be successful um, to involve the teams more in the direction, not necessarily of the NXL, but of tournament paintball. No, if no. If that makes any I, sense. You no, know,
1: it, it definitely does. I think there needs to be, you know, I think we've – past couple of years they do a a kind of an owner's call that i've been on because alex kind of would rather not do that so he sends me in there in his (laughs) place and uh yeah and it but it's typically i would say 90 percent of the decisions have all been made already um and we're more so being kind of told that what the small tweaks have been Um, this is what's happening yeah and then the other ones it just you it's almost you got 20 teams on a call right and there's there's it's almost like politics right now where some of it's just it's so far apart right and and trying to find common Mm -hmm. ground and we wind up just with no no change on something that someone might have a great idea maybe it's something that needs to be looked at and change but it's just gets mm-hmm. talked around and finally it's just like all right well we can't come to terms on it and um and honestly I don't even know if we had that call last year and it, it's typically I, I and and I I speak to to Trozen is is sometimes someone who's talking around and he's called I think he's doing a better job of and maybe not it's he's doing a a good job of at least the conversation starting where he's he's called me and say hey do you have any ideas about you know and he's like and and he's not just calling me he's like yeah i'm making my rounds i'm calling everyone and you know what do they think about this you know do you have any ideas of how we can do things different or what can change and he called me at the beginning of the year um yeah and he and you know i had you know some ideas for him and and he he definitely called me probably about two months ago, and, and, and said he wanted to do a field test on one of those ideas, and it's something that um, I hope it happens, you know, and I think that's, um, you know, it's, it, it was the first time I in doing this that I've been in a position of, of where someone that people might come to for ideas or, or just to bounce things off me that I felt like there's mm-hmm. steps being made in the right direction. Um, and these guys yeah. are busy and that, and that's the other thing is that they took on the NXL Europe and, and I don't know if they spread, you know, I, right now I think they're spread a little thin, um, because yeah. they're having to start something over there that, you know, that was already struggling and then they're facing some, you know, some, you know, uh, nationalistic backlash, if you will. And, and it's, um, they're trying to, you know, get that going and provide a service for them. And I hope they're successful because, if that league goes away, there's a lot of great, you know, national leagues in Europe, but that that there's not going to be another international league, you know, for the foreseeable right. future, and they're having to spend a lot of their time over there and 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 efforts, and I think we've kind of lost some of the progress that could have been taking place over here. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, um, I we you had that great idea with you know I I initially you know came up with the two minute shot clock, you know idea that had kind of been talked around and then you had the advantage bunker which i thought was an amazing idea um but and you know four pod two pod three pod we've gone through all this semi auto ramping what will speed the game up um interesting enough um i think all those things those things need to be discussed but the, the game has sped up since chicago of last year and it, mm-hmm. it just came down to field layouts it came down to Tros and come up with really good field layouts. I think since Chicago last year, there's been five events, and I think four of them have been faster, more aggressive layouts that have been more exciting to watch. Because I watch more paintball than I would put up than just about anybody, because I'm watching to scout, yeah, um, and learn tendencies. And uh, they've been probably four of the five have been more exciting paintball that I've watched than like the previous three years you know 15 layouts combined um, and I think we just started making layouts or heated and, and just aggressive mindset and it's changed you know like our finals match was 7-6 to six last week you know and yeah, finals yeah, matches awful. you know and the, and the years past were 2-1 to one. Um, yeah. so I, I think you know 4pod I think that I like that idea I think that you know I don't have you gone into your advantage bunker on your podcast yet?
0: No, no, I haven't, and I—it's I, kind of been just one of those things that I brought up that one to the
1: back pocket. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> well, I don't know what to do with it yeah. now, uh, but uh, you know I, that's why I brought it up to you because I I, I hold uh, your opinion very high on on you know things like that. So that's why I brought it to you, and you, with what mm-hmm. you said about it, I'm mean, like, man, and the, and the more people I talk about it, it's like, man, maybe this maybe this could be kind of a little bit of a new thing that we can incorporate that could be a new scoring system, mm-hmm. and 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 be another
1: exciting element to the game yeah so yeah I don't wanna I'm gonna blow your I'll bring idea it out though, yeah don't, don't bring it out yet I won't, won't I won't put it put you out there but um, <laughs> do you think I should talk to Trozen about it I, I think I think he's well I mean here's the deal is that I, I think it's something that they would um they'd probably look into I think he see, does seem pretty open right now um, mm-hmm. to, to ideas of wanting to speed up the game and make it more you know viewer friendly um, but then again that's yeah. up to you because uh, to me I feel like it's really idea you might want to hold it to i know you got some other things going on that you might want to get some get some money out of it yeah. too yeah but it's, <laughs> so i'm not going to tell you yeah, what we'll to do see. with, with you with your gold. <laughs> um, but yeah that being said yeah but i think there's a, a lot of other things and some discussions to have to make the game better um mm. but i do think that i think it has a lot to do with field layout just from seeing it. i more than i would have previously thought i i, I yeah. it, it definitely came down to uh, I'm surprised that, that you can actually control how a field is going to play so much by just making a better field layout. And he's done a pretty good job yeah. this late and I hope it he continues to do so. Um, and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I think that I like that. Um, there's a couple, um, you know, other, other things I like personally, like, and I was talking to Camille and Tom about this when I was uh, playing with infamous at the ICPL that I, I personally think seven man, is a better game, personally. Mm. Um, and I, it's harder to run a tournament that way. Yeah. Um, I think the end. Did you ever play towards? The, you might have been just. Did you come? What year did you come back in? 2012?
0: thirteen. Thirteen. I left
1: in. I left at the end of two thousand nine. So at the at the well, twenty thirteen. So it, during twenty thirteen season of the MPPL, we were playing a race two format with seven players on a seven man field. So mm-hmm. we had clocks i think that's where split deck actually was invented if i'm not wrong um and we were running split deck race to five on a seven man field with seven players shooting a uh, 15 balls per second capped semi-auto um and i think that How was, was that best, it, it i think it was the best form of paintball i think seven man yeah. it's, it's more fun uh, there's more variance it's less redundant um because you're mm-hmm. able to, you know, seven people. There's more options. The fields are bigger, so you're able to do different things. You can more risk, variables. You can risk people off the break for for risk reward yep. is better. You know, like making this crazy fifty run. It might be high risk, but it'll really pay off. But it's high risk. You might get shot, but you still got six more against their seven, right? That's so hilarious. it's it's the percentages yep. work. Um, so I thought that was great. And then the way it worked that we were shooting fifteen uh, balls per second semi-auto and people always want to make this this claim that oh everyone's cheating it's not real semi-auto the thing is that it didn't matter because we had chips in our gun that let the league know that if any at any time balls per second were pulled faster than 15 balls a second right yeah um technology's then, there yeah and the penalty was there yeah we there wasn't true semi-auto it, there was trigger bounce you know people may have their debounce turned down but it was semi-auto but was there but but I mean it's like yeah. But was there though
0: i mean i feel like so many people make those excuses on it yeah. and then like a lot of people say well you shoot so much more paint i was like fuck you i'd like to see you try and sustain yeah. 15 balls a second with your left hand you know holding a lane yeah. so i think 10 ball ramping with one finger left handed is going to shoot a lot more paint than yeah. you know your off hand semi auto
1: yeah so like that that year like like i'll, I'll admit it, i've i had a cheater board back in 2000 <laughs> you know six you know uh, but that 2013 we were doing that uh, that subman man like we uh, there was not not even a thought about like cheater boards or anything like that like it yeah we, it was capped at 15 there was a chip you know that plugged right into our to our guns and like mm-hmm. if you and i think that was legit you know you definitely like there was a skill and being able to shoot fast or slow absolutely you know, shooting 15 is not easy I don't care what your D-balance is, is set up. It's not an easy task. Right. And it, it just, I think it's, it was a, I would think that to me, if we could, and the reason I think that, that, that thing was whole, it was forgotten because that year, 2013, I don't even know who was in charge of the league. Bart had been um, switched over to the PSP. Um, so impact was no longer playing. Um, I don't believe that was his choice, but I'm not gonna say that for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he was involved, yeah. Uh, oops. <laughs> um, and he um, and so they weren't there, and you know it was us. It was Dynasty. There, you know, there wasn't a ton of pro teams left over there, and mm-hmm. uh, so I don't think a ton of people played it that had uh, any type of control. So I don't even think they even really like know. You know, like Tom wasn't there. Right. jason was involved none of the people that were involved so i don't even think like when i'm talking to camille and tom they're like they didn't even know that we ever did that that we played a, a split deck a race to five seven man and so i think right. it, it was kind of done it was tested it worked um, forgot about there just wasn't it was forgot about there just wasn't the support from sponsors and that the league died you know that year soon after and i i, I think that if there was a format if i could say hey i think this is the best way to go for paintball it's that race to seven man big fields semi-auto, controlled by, you know, chips in your guns to make sure you're, four you're pods at 15. Um, I, paint, honestly, wasn't a, a huge situation there because the game was, mm-hmm. it wasn't just sit back and wait because it was a race to five and, I don't know, it, right. just, it was a good, and, and you could limit paint there, you know, too. I think four pods, I think if we stick with five-man, four pod is the way to go. Um, but I understand that politically, just like, our, you know, whatever it is, like, paint vendors need to sell paint for the sport to live. Um, you know, from top, bottom... Open uh, paint
0: market. That's my yeah. that's my solution. Open paint market. There are no paint sponsors uh, when you go to an event. You're not obligated to, to yeah. buy one certain paint. Have an open market for paint at tournaments. Teams can buy whatever the fuck they want if the one batch sucks from... Yeah you know, paint vendor A, you can go to paint vendor B and try their paint, or you can do this yeah. so or do that, but there's that's a whole other story. That's a whole yeah, now you're
1: people's funnies. I always like the idea of this, you know. I think right now we have three paint vendors. Um that's crazy. So that's crazy. S, so but if we did the first event is the GI Sports Open, I think it saves everyone money. So GI is the exclusive paint vendor for the first event. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's a lot of sponsorship stuff you got to work out. And, but I'm sure yeah. you can work it out where you go to the paint. Everyone knows, your sponsors know that, hey, we're going to – we're giving you X amount of cases for the year. So if you go, you know, we'll pay for these. You know, we'll figure it out, right? Some, there's got to be right. a way to economically figure it out. But you go yeah. there. Now freaking uh, ProShar and HK, they don't have the expense of sending their trucks there, right? They only have to send their trucks to one or two events a year instead of five. GI is going right. to get all the paint sales in Vegas. All right? And now all the teams are shooting the same paint. I think same it's ridiculous. Shit, yeah. The amount of time I spend at a paintball tournament testing paintballs is crazy. <laughs> Breaking right? paintballs on the ground, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, I, I will say even though, you know, I, I believe me if you want, because I, but I do believe the GI has the best paint right now. And the mm-hmm. reason before is that they give me 20-something lots to test. So I have all these options, but trust me, I, I pull my hair out trying to make sure I'm making the right decision because it's oh the difference God, between yeah. winning and losing if I pick lot one over lot three. Um, so And
0: one could shoot better in the morning than the afternoon.
1: Right. Absolutely. Flip-flop. But I just wish, after all the time, that we, everyone was shooting the same damn ball. And you, the yeah. stress would be there. It's You're not having to... Go into a match, you knowing like, oh their paint's better than ours, our's better than theirs is, is going to break, is going to bounce. And, you know, you go to a basketball right. game, both teams are shooting the same ball. Football game, actually, you do switch out balls and get to play a game. But uh, just a standardized <laughs> ball would be would be great. And so then yeah. you go to the next event. It's HK Open. HK brings their trucks, they sell all the paint. Then you go to the next one. It's Prochar, and then you know, obviously, maybe there's a lottery system to who gets the last two events or, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm um but i think that that i would like to see that i think it makes sense it would if the paint vendors could figure out a way to work together on that they could probably make more money cuz there's less expenses they're not having to pay to ship their trucks all across the country five times a year and they're not having their staff yeah. there all the time you just you you and then everyone's shooting standardized paintball um but the whole thing is that the paint sponsors want to be oh x factor 1 they were shooting gi I, there's a whole bunch of problems in there but i think it would be cool if we just mm-hmm how to just have one ball for everybody um, but that's right. a, that's a, one of those lofty well, dreams I come up with
0: <laughs> and this is the type of logistical nightmare that everybody should be involved in that at least should be put on the table to see yeah. you know will it work is it a good idea do other people think it's a good idea and these are the just that you know this is just one of the many questions that I think that you know people need to talk about and who am I to even you know say or give any kind of advice since I'm not involved in a sport anymore I personally would love to commentate you're
1: Um, you're involved Carl I saw you with a gun in your hands three weeks ago I saw you you bunker in Dynasty guys (laughs) sorry Alex
0: (laughs) shot him real close (laughs) Well, hey, man, I, I appreciate the hell out of you for doing this for me. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so glad that we got to do this because I, I've been wanting to pick your brain for a while. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we will have more conversations. And if you're going to be at the ICC, I'd love to you know, talk to you more there. And uh, I'll be there know, shooting at you. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. I love it. I love the pressure. And hey, make sure you but, play um, good so
1: you can make the roster for, for October with Infamous so we can be on the same team.
0: Dude, he's already. Travis has already asked me. Uh, John from Aftermath. He's he's been kind of. Dude, it just sucks because I, I want to help. It, I want to help everybody out. I would love to come back and play. I I feel like I I wouldn't miss a step. I'd jump right back in and get cool. at it. But it's like, ah, oh, dude, it's just it's so it's so tough. Like I can't even make it anyway because. Um, I don't have the vacation time from work because wow. I took two weeks off for when my daughter was born. So my vacation time is just, it's, and I have a wedding out of done. town, out of state this year. And there's just so many other things that are happening. that I just can't make like the dedication to the practices and all the other shit that, that needs to happen. So it's, but I will be at ICC so two of all of you that are going to be there. I'd love to say hi. And I can't wait to play against you guys and everybody. And, it's gonna be fun man and um, congratulations again on your guys' you know tremendous win uh over uh, one of the best teams in the world right now and uh you know it, it's good to see you guys come into your own
1: thank you thank you well definitely it was a pleasure uh, I really appreciate you know getting the time to sit down and do this and uh, look forward to you know talking more
0: hell yeah man if, if any of the players or uh, coaches out there have any questions where can they get a hold of you at or how can they get a hold of you
1: uh, yeah, I probably, uh, Instagram is probably the best one. I think my handle is just Rybrand, R-Y brand. It's probably the one I probably check the most. Uh, my Facebook, uh, because of what I do for a living, is uh, just swamped with notifications all day all day <laughs> long. So I, 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 yeah. I luckily, uh, Instagram is set up to where I can have it completely separate from my business. So that's the one um, that you can reach out, ask questions. I, I'll definitely, I'm always happy to help.
0: Cool, man i appreciate it and uh i will see you very very soon at icc all
1: right thanks alex martinez for everything you're the man shout out to alex martinez he doesn't do the internet i'll never
0: this all right <laughs> he knows he'll he's, he knows. he'll his ears are he, ringing right now he so. knows
1: he knows all right all right man, all right, man. we'll talk right, to you soon
0: night. all right bye later Thank you, Ryan, for sitting down and chatting with me. I had a great time, man. Congratulations to you, along with X-Factor and all the guys over there, and uh, and Mr. Alex Martinez. It is great to see you guys come out on top. I know it was a tough bout, but, uh, yeah, it was exciting. It was super exciting. And thank you to Charm City Paintball. Mike, you're doing great stuff, man. Keep it up. Uh, thank you for bringing out this uh, this awesome headgear that you've been making over and over and over again and you've just been outdoing yourself now with this uh the, the gucci that you've been <coughs> excuse me the gucci that you guys have out now uh or that you guys it's one guy doing all this stuff and he's just pumping out all this awesome headgear so if you guys don't believe me please do yourself a favor go over to charm city paintball on facebook or instagram and check out his stuff if you're looking for handmade quality fabric uh... You know hand sewn everything and he puts a little love and everything uh check him out mike at charm city paintball let him know that carl from the playing on podcast sent you over there thank you mike appreciate it and uh again if you guys are looking to become patrons of the uh podcast and supporters of the podcast please head over to patreon.com slash the playing on podcast to uh to help keep this thing going i really appreciate it thank you to all the patrons and everybody out there, please do not text and drive. Keep your eyes on the road. Listen to podcasts like this one and uh, and like the Over the Top Podcast. I think J-Rab and Nick have been doing a great job at uh, at, at their podcast. And I think their platform and, and how they do it and their structure is amazing. And it brings some light to the uh, to the pro paintball side. And, you know, we're not always all serious in... Uh, you know we enjoy joking around and have a good time but you know it's uh it's fun man and we we take it serious though uh, and we, we're proud of what we do and you know being able to give you guys content like this and kind of give our insight and some behind the scenes uh info is is always a plus for us so we appreciate you know everything all the feedback and, and everything that we get i know that they do and i, know I do so, uh, so, yeah, please continue to support those guys, and, uh, and let's keep it going. Let's get more content out there. So, thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it, and we will see you guys here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.